Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. morning church today is step up sunday last sunday ben sun preached on serving the king part one today we are covering part two of the series but before we dive in to read the word of god i have a question to ask all of you including the children and youth who are worshiping with us this morning the question is this if you could have superpower special power what kind of power would you choose would you rather to have the ability to go back to the past and change history? Or would you rather to have superpower, the special power to predict the future and impact the present? Which one would you choose? Would you rather to have the ability to go back to the past? Or would you rather to have the ability, the superpower to predict the future? So if you prefer to go back to the past, can you just wave your hand? Okay, not a lot of people. If you wish to have superpower to predict the future and impact the present, wow, so many of you. <laughs> okay, personally, I would wish to have that special power to predict the future as well. And the interest in predicting the future is really appealing to people from all walks of life, across all generations. For example, for young people who are constantly having exam, facing exam, I bet you wish to have the ability to predict the exam question in the near future, right? If this is you, can you just wave and say yes? Uh, okay, how can I hear parents saying yes more than uh, young people? <laughs> Indeed, the interest to predict future is appealing, attractive to people from all walks of life, across all generations. And this includes the disciples in the New Testament as well. They were really interested to know about the future. And they asked Jesus a lot about the future. What is the future like? The second coming be like? What will be the signs of his second coming? And Jesus answered them. Before he answered them, this is what the disciples said. In Matthew 24, verse 3, and because of this, it sparked off the whole discourse in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. So verse 3 says this, As Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples come to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? The disciples wanted to know the future as well. And instead of Jesus answering them with one statement, he answered them with five parables. And today, on a Step Up Sunday, we'll be covering one of the parables. For, for us to fully appreciate that one parable that we're covering today, it's important for us to understand the context, background of the five parables. So the disciples wanted to know about the future, his second coming, what will the signs be like? And Jesus said in the first parable, Jesus says that the Lord's coming will be like a thief. He told them to be vigilant. Jesus answered them with a second parable. Servants' duties must still be discharged, though the master's return is delayed. Jesus told them, be diligent. Jesus replied them with the third parable. A delay of the bridegroom may be longer than anyone anticipated. Be prepared. Let's skip the fourth parable and go to the fifth parable. In the future, 
there will be judgment day at the end. Be prepared and repent. Today we are covering the fourth parable. So what is the fourth parable all about? The fourth parable is about the king. Our king Jesus is coming back. He's coming back really soon. And therefore, let us serve faithfully, serve God faithfully and invest our God-given talent. This is the fourth parable. This is the Step Out Sunday sermon. And before we read the word of God together, let us pray. Father, may you fill us with your spirit to understand your word. May we not just be hearers, but doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's flip to our Bible to read Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 23. And because the disciples were asking Jesus about the future, what would be the future be like? And Jesus said, For it will be like a man going on a journey who caught his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each one according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid the master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of the those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he who also had two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. It was common in those days for wealthy owners to entrust their property and affairs to their trustworthy servants while they go on business trips or personal trips. So it was common for them to entrust property, land, animals, whatever, to the trustworthy servants. But in this case, the master entrusted more than the usual. He entrusted talents as well. And the scholars mentioned that one talent in those days is actually equivalent to 20 years of wages of a normal laborer, one talent. And one scholar mentioned that the total number of talents entrusted to the three servants were actually today's value of $2 million. It was really a lot of money. This is something that we must take note. Another point to take note is that the talents were entrusted according to their personal abilities and giftings. Two went to multiply the talents and one buried the talent. After a long, long time, the master returned and settled accounts with his servant. To two who multiplied, the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. Even though one multiplied five, the other one multiplied two, but they were praised the same way. So this highlights to us that it is not the number of talents multiplied but they were praised the same way, really because of their faithfulness. At the heart of their faithfulness was that they had the master's interest at heart. They didn't want to just sit around and do nothing. They wanted the best for the master, and that's why they multiplied the talents. 
On the Step Up Sunday, I'm not going to ask all of you, are you serving actively? Instead, I want to ask three questions for you to reflect. Do you have your master's best interests at heart? Are you merely serving your personal interests or serving God faithfully? Are you only advancing your studies or career instead of advancing the kingdom of God? I want to give you 30 seconds in silence for all of us to reflect on these three questions. My brothers and sisters in Christ, if we are true servants of God, we should be and must be interested in our master's agenda, his will, his glory, expanding the kingdom of God together. The two servants multiplied the talents because they were faithful. They were faithful to their master. At the heart of their faithfulness was that they really wanted the best for the master. They had the master's interest at heart. They didn't want to just sit around and do nothing. They didn't just want to maintain the property, the animals, the land. They wanted the best for the master, and that's why they invested the talents. On a Step Up Sunday, the message to us from this fourth parable is this. Our King Jesus is coming back, and therefore let us serve faithfully just like the two servants who served faithfully by investing in the talents while the master was away, even though the master was away for a long, long time. Today, I want to affirm many of you who have been serving God so faithfully. You are discipling someone, or you could be journeying with a brother or sister in Christ through grief and loss. Some of you are serving in worship ministry, AV ministry, uh, TNG, CG, SST, uh, New Life Ministry, or many other ministries that I've not named. Praise God for your faithfulness. Many of you are serving outside of church, in the marketplace. You're not just building your career. You're building God's kingdom in the marketplace through your excellent work, attitude, and your testimony. Praise God for your faithfulness as well. For homemakers, maybe most of the homemakers are sitting up there, you are building God's kingdom in the hearts of your children by staying home. Praise God for your faithfulness. Some of you are taking care of aging parents, building God's kingdom in your home through your acts of service and labor of love. Thank you for being a servant, a faithful servant of God as well. For those of you serving outside of church most of the time and not serving in church yet, and you might have one or two talents left, I want to I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider serving in a local church. If serving in Covenant, if Covenant is your home. If Covenant is your home, let us serve together as brothers and sisters in Christ, as spiritual families together. You know, most of us are working outside, busy at work, or busy with our schoolwork, with our studies, with our CCA. When we reach home, uh, we don't just tell our parents, we don't just tell our spouse, sorry, I'm very busy, I cannot do anything. No, right? We contribute in one way or another. We try to clear the plates after dinner. We try to wash the dishes. We try our best to do laundry, you know, run errands, or even um, buy some groceries back. We don't just tell family members, sorry, I'm very busy. Uh, you know, when I ask my husband for help, uh, I, you know, he, he won't tell me he's busy, or he won't reply me by saying, let me pray about it. 
if he, if he said that, I, I will give him a real interesting look to him. <laughs> no, because we are family members. We don't just say, ah, let me pray about it. No, we don't do that. We will we, just contribute one way or another because this is family, isn't it? Likewise, if Covenant EFC is your home, let us contribute in one way or another. If all of your talents, your time, your energy, your resources are spent outside of church, maybe it's time to organize them a little bit. Have some spare remaining talents so that you can build this church together. You can build God's people together. You can build God's kingdom together as family members, spiritual family members in this same church together. So don't just leave the building at the end of the service without going down to the foyer to take a look at the booth. When you walk through, walk through it prayerfully and allow the Lord to lead you and to build God's kingdom together in Covenant EFC. I want to show you the next picture. It's a picture of our recent generations camp that happened last week. Who was there? Oh, quite a number. First service gave a real shout out, you know. How come there's nothing from second service? <laughs> Woo! Yes, that was, a, that was Generations Camp last week. And the success of this camp was not just because of the speakers, not because of the camp committee, not because of the camp commandants. The one key success factor of this camp was that everyone was serving. We all played a part. 550 campers, we were, they were all rostered to serve in SST one way or another. They didn't just appear as campers and expecting the camp committee to serve them. No, we were all rostered to serve. That was one of the key success factors. I really thank God for parents who came along to serve with us. You know, not all parents are gifted to facilitate a youth group, right? Most of parents will nod their head. But many parents came forward because they know that they can contribute in one way or another. They can either play games with the kids, uh, they can have small conversations with the youth, or they can be the extra eye power when we bring the younger youth out, you know, they can just jaga them and see, see, look, look. So everyone was just playing a different role and that was one of a uh, key success factor of Generations Camp. I want to show you another picture, another key picture that shows a key success factor, another success factor is that this camp was planned planned and executed by close to 50 young people. It was not done purely by church staff. No, not at all. It was planned and executed by 50 young people shown on the slide. Uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the camp, we got them all up on the stage. And this is because for the past few years, we have been leading our young people, telling them if Covenant EFC is your home, you've got to do something. You cannot just be busy with your own life, busy with gaming, busy with studies. No, build this family together, build this home together. And God is on the move. We believe that He's not just increasing the service quotient, the service culture in the next generation. He's moving among the adults as well, moving among the parents as well. So if God is leading you today to just step up and serve in one way or another, don't leave the church building without walking through um, the booths. Do walk through it together with the rest of the family members here and prayerfully consider serving together. The fourth parable tells us that the master was gone for a long time and he came back suddenly. And when he came back, he settled accounts with his servants and he found two were faithful in multiplying the talents and he praised them for their faithfulness. They were praised even though one multiplied five talents and another multiplied two. They were praised the same way because of their faithfulness. At the heart of their faithfulness 
was their heart for God, for their master. They had the best interest for their master. They didn't want to just sit around and do nothing. They wanted the best for the master. And that's why they invested. That's why they multiplied the talents. Today, the sermon, the passage is telling us that King Jesus is coming back. Serve God faithfully. And secondly, invest your God-given talent. Invest your God-given talent. Let us move on to read verses 24 to 30. And this is what he says. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has five talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The third servant's misperception of the master led him to fear and bury that talent. He was fearful of the master. He was so terrified, probably terrified that he might make the wrong decision, he might lose the talent, he might get scolding from the master, and he decided to bury that talent. You know, D.A. Carson said that he chose safety above service. And in the end, that talent was not only removed from him, he was banished into darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Such serious punishment seems to inform us that anyone who is self-serving, self-centered, who has no interest in the master's affair and his agenda might not be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. One other scholar said that while darkness may not mean hell, it might mean that this disciple is just being cut off from the joy and presence of his master. But whatever it is, the third servant should have invested that talent, should have multiplied that talent. That is one key point that we must not miss today. He didn't do that because he thought his master was harsh. And my next two questions to all of us is this. Do you think your Heavenly Father is harsh? Do you have the right perception of your Heavenly Father? Perhaps you used to serve actively in church, but you were once disappointed and wounded by your previous church leaders. And that pain, that injustice, that trauma led you to a conclusion that your God is harsh, your God is unfair, and your God is not loving. Is that you, my brothers or sisters in Christ? I used to have a wrong perception of my Heavenly Father as well. When I was young in my secondary school days, I was such a shy person, so shy that I would always sit at the corner of the classroom, not speaking a word at all in the whole day. Uh, you know, come to recess time, I would just take a book and sit, out, sit outside the classroom reading my book, or I might just go to the chapel to sit in silence because silence is just peace to my soul. So can you imagine about 10 years ago when God called me to a public ministry to step up to be a preacher? I struggled so much with God. In my mind, 
I felt that my father was harsh and he was mean. And I asked God, why would you do that to me? To call me to a public ministry, to stand in front of so many people and be embarrassed. Why are you so harsh to me? And then I realized that I had a wrong perception of my Heavenly Father. Not only that, the Lord convicted me that I was just so selfish, so self-centered, so self-serving. I was just looking at my own will, my own preference, my comfort zone, and I had no regard for my Father's will, His glory, His kingdom. And one day, the Spirit spoke this to me in my heart. He said this, Sharon, if you are my true disciple and servant, you have a responsibility to do what your master commands you. You have a responsibility to do what your master commands you. And then I realized something, that my father is not harsh. He's using that episode to mold my allegiance, to bring me deeper in my allegiance to my master, my king, my Jesus, that I might obey him at all times, at all costs. Stepping up to be a preacher was frightening for me, but it was one of my most defining moments in life because through that episode, I realized that he was molding my allegiance to obey my master at all times and at all costs. So my question to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, do you feel that your father is harsh as well? Were you once so wounded by your previous church leaders and you have made a decision in your heart that you're not going to serve anymore? If that is you, I want to lovingly tell you this. It's time to forgive, let go, surrender, and come back and serve again. No church members, no church leaders are perfect, including myself. But that must not stop us from serving our King, our Lord and Master. Because when He comes back, He's not going to ask other people. He's going to ask us personally, have you been faithful? Have you been faithful? So I want to encourage you in your pain, do not end up with a wrong impression of your master because Jesus Christ is not harsh, isn't it? He's never harsh. He's loving. In our pain, he's molding us to have a deeper allegiance to him. Today, God is calling us as a body of Christ, as family members of Covenant EFC, that our king is coming back. Invest your God-given talent. Don't bury them. Don't have a wrong perception of God because when he comes back, he will settle accounts with each one of us. And let us be faithful to invest our God-given talent. I love what D.A. Cousin says about this fourth parable that we are covering today. He says this, It is not enough for Jesus' followers simply to hang in there and wait for the end. They must see themselves for what they are. Servants who owe it to their master to improve what he entrusts to them. Failure to do so proves they cannot really be valued disciples at all. So don't just hang in there and wait for the end. Don't just sit around and do nothing. Invest your God-given talent. Maybe some of you are really keen to serve. You're looking at your one talent. You're not sure what to do with it. You look at Covenant EFC, a mega church. Everything seems to be executed so excellently. You're not sure whether your one talent is good enough for God. You look at some of the church members, wow, they're serving everywhere. Their family life is flourishing. Their children are so obedient. You look at yourself and you feel that I'm barely surviving. And you're not sure if your one talent is good enough for Covenant EFC. My brothers and sisters in Christ, 
God has not called us to compare ourselves with others. We are never called to compare our one talent with someone who is gifted with 10 talents, 8 talents, 5 talents, or 2 talents. No. We are never called to compare. But we are called to invest whatever that is in our hands, whatever that is given from God to us, to invest it. Our role is never to compare. I want to lovingly speak to church leaders of Covenant EFC. Do not compare member A in your CG with member B and expecting member A to serve as well as member B. Do not compare member A to yourself and expecting your sheep to serve as much as you. No, because we are gifted differently and in different seasons of our life, we just have different talents, isn't it? For a young family with young babies, I'm not going to expect them to serve so actively. We've got to be understanding in the seasons, in the talents that God has given to our sheep in different seasons. And the last thing we want to do as leaders, we don't want to scold them into service. Don't do that because your sheep may end up having a wrong impression that their God is as harsh as their leaders. As leaders, have a lot of discipleship conversations with your sheep. Understand, when you have a lot of discipleship conversations, have active listening to them, then you will realize actually what talent do they have. Have a lot of discipleship conversations with them. Because for all you know, members who are not serving are not necessarily wicked, may not be slothful, may not be rebellious. They could have some fears in their lives and they're waiting for shepherds, for their leaders to journey with them and to give them some encouragement to say, let's do it together. So as leaders, let us do that and encourage one another to pray that we will all invest our God-given talent together. The third servant had a misperception of God and that's why he was fearful he did not invest that talent. Today, I just want to encourage all of us Jesus is not harsh. If he's calling you today, follow his leading. And you will realize that your service in the house of God will deeply transform you and deepen your discipleship journey. I've come to the end of the sermon and we realize on the fourth parable is really about telling us King Jesus is coming back and let us serve God faithfully and let us invest our God-given talent. When Jesus returns, he's not going to ask us did you get the date right? Did you predict the future right? He's not going to ask us, did you get your superpower right in predicting the second coming? No. Instead, he will ask us this question. What have you been doing with the one life that I've given to you? What have you been doing with the one life that I've given to you? You know, the truth is that we will never be able to do all that I've preached today. We will never be able to serve faithfully. We'll never be able to invest our God-given talent. We will always be selfish. We'll take care of our interests above God's agenda and His kingdom. In and through ourselves, by our own strength, we cannot make it. We can never do what the sermon says today. We have one hope, but we have one hope, and that one hope is in one man. His name is Jesus Christ. He alone did it. He came and served faithfully. In the one life that God has given to him, he invested in more than just 12 disciples. In the one life that God has given to him, he laid it down on the cross. That whoever believes in Jesus, 
the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ will be empowered to live differently. So our one hope is in Jesus Christ. If, if Jesus is calling you today, follow his leading and he will empower you with his spirit to serve him faithfully and to invest your God-given talent. Let us pray. As I invite the worship team to lead us with this song, again, give you a few moments to just reflect on what the Word of God has said. He's calling us to serve. God is calling us to be ready to be prepared to meet King Jesus. And if Jesus is calling you, run to Him, answer Him. Let us rise and respond to God with this song. And after the song, I will come back and pray for all of us. If you're calling me, I will answer. If you're bidding me to come, I will come. If you're leading me into deeper waters, may I not refuse. Jesus, I come. Jesus, I come. I surrender all for your glory. Drawing me closer. If you're drawing me closer, if you're lifting me higher, if you're bringing me into greater purpose, may I not refuse Jesus.
With all eyes closed, with all eyes closed, I want to speak to our brothers and sisters in Christ here. Today, you feel a stirring in your heart, and you know Jesus is calling you. He's calling you. He's calling your name to follow Him, to follow in His footsteps, to serve God faithfully, and invest your one life, your one talent. Don't bury. And you want to be ready to meet King Jesus. You want to meet Him anytime He comes. You want to be ready. And if this is you, I want to invite you to raise your hand. And I want to pray for you, for God to empower you, for God to feel your, His Spirit in your life, to help you to serve Him faithfully. Father, you see the hands of my brothers and sisters here. We stand here telling you that we cannot. We cannot do what fourth parable says. But we know that you will empower us. You will fill us with your spirit. You will help us to serve you faithfully. You will help us to invest our talents, our one life for you, for your glory, for your kingdom. So excite us, renew us, transform us so that our obedience is just not at our own terms, but our obedience is always at all times, at all costs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may put your hands down. I want to speak to, with all eyes closed, I want to speak to some friends here. You have been visiting church or maybe watching our sermon in the online space. And if there's a story in your heart that you want to receive Jesus for the first time, you want Him to forgive your sins, you want Him to empower you to serve faithfully, to invest your one life in His kingdom. If this is you, can I invite you to raise your hand? Receiving Jesus for the first time, I want to pray for you. Is there anyone in the level two or up in the gallery that you want to receive Jesus for the first time? Father, you see hands raised to you either on-site or online. May you fill them with your spirit. May you cleanse them by the blood of Christ. May you renew them from the inside out. We know that you say your word, that you cleanse us, forgive us our sins, and you remember our sins no more. May you fill them once again with your spirit and help them to serve you faithfully and invest their one life for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us sing the next song and remember God's goodness and praise Him for His goodness. Love 
some time listening to God's word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. You can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. 
God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.